Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello to our fellow royal lovers. I'm your host, Joe Drake, here with my lovely co-host, Molly Mulshine. Hi, Molly. Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I just spilled my water before we started, but it's just water and it's probably going to clean my carpet. So. Oh, that's good. Win-win. <laughs> that's how my morning's going. How's yours? I actually spilled on myself right before I came on here. That is so crazy. Must be something astrological. I had to blow dry my shirt. So that's wild. There's something going on. Yeah. For sure. All right. Well, there have been some royal updates as always this week. So let's move on to our royal roundup. Molly, I'm not sure if you saw this was an interesting story to wake up to on Monday morning this week. So apparently Lilibet Diana, Harry and Meghan's daughter, is now officially on the website for the royal line of succession. But apparently as of Sunday, July 25th, she wasn't because Chris Ship from IT, ITV noticed it and talked about it on a podcast. And the next morning it was changed. So this was like a quick fix on their part. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people were looking for a conspiracy theory here. Right. And it just wasn't really there. I think it's just a case of people not wanting to update their website. And yeah. It's just annoying. It's just a task that gets pushed to the bottom. Now, apparently they did update it much more quickly for Prince George, Prince Louis, and even Charlotte and even Archie were up within a week or so each time. And Lilibet's been a little longer, but I don't know. I mean, this feels like a nothing burger to me. What do you think? I agree. I think it was sort of like someone who was in the know mentioned the error and they were like, oh yeah, oops. And then like changed it. Because to be honest with you, I wasn't really aware of this website. It's not something I like check often. Um, and obviously we all know the line of succession at Prince Charles, Prince William, the kid, blah, blah, blah. So obviously Lilibet Diana is really far down there. So it's not necessarily like it needed to happen right away. I just think I agree with you about the conspiracy theory. I think because of the interview they did talking about Archie and sort of being shunned that it makes it seem like they're being shunned even more, but I'm not sure if it was intentional. 
Right. Once again, I will say if they wanted to, this is something that it would have been good to preemptively think about. Like, do we want this to become a scandalous story or not? Probably not. So let's just update it ASAP. And they didn't. So that was, I think, a miss on their part. But yeah, I mean, believe it or not, there was never a royal website until probably the last 20 years. So like there have been many princes and princesses and kings and queens who were not listed on royalfamily.gov.uk or whatever. (laughs) And they still took the throne. So yeah. I'm just like, not sure. Again, like we're so aware of the line of succession. Is it necessary? Yeah. It's it's like, I don't think it matters. I think, yeah, people are just looking for drama. For sure. Well, Speaking of drama, let's talk about Fergie. We haven't talked about her since I've been co-hosting with you. And I've always been a secret fan of Fergie. I know she's been a controversial figure in the royal family. I know that everyone sort of pitted her and Diana against each other. Sound familiar? Mm -hmm. Um, But she recently gave an interview with Town & Country magazine where she sort of brought up some past feelings she had about certain events in the royal family, one of which was not being invited to Prince William and Duchess Kate's wedding. Had you heard about this story before? Yes, and I was cracking up when I read this because she conveniently doesn't mention why she wasn't invited to the wedding. Like- well, right. And I also feel like, and I'm sure the royal fans out there will agree with me, I've heard her tell this story before. She wasn't invited, she went to Thailand, like. She wanted to be far away from it all. Her daughters went and enjoyed, they wore the hats. Like, I feel like she's giving this interview to town and country as if it's new news and it's not. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like, first of all, let me get, and by the way, I am also a fan of Fergie just because of the entertainment value. And I also have- about her that I love. Yeah, I also have my own conspiracy theory that Harry is actually taking pages out of the Fergie playbook, which is just another, he's like Fergie 2.0 to me, but- like, let me get out my tiny violin that you had to go to Thailand. Right. <laughs> and also the reason why she wasn't invited is, is because she was trying to, she got caught trying to sell access to the royal family for $750,000 less than a year earlier. Right. And like, obviously you weren't going to be invited. People are snubbed from wedding lists for much less. <laughs> and if you're trying right. to bribe someone for something so egregious and doing that, it's like, duh, you're not gonna get invited. And this is like, also reminds me of something that Harry will be doing 20, 30 years from now as well. Like giving an interview (laughs) where he talks about how upset he was because of the consequences of his own actions. Like, I just think this this is why I feel he's Fergie 2.0. Yeah, you're not, you might not be wrong because he's probably not going to get invited to like Charlotte's wedding. There's going to be a story, you know? Right. I do think, to be fair, I think maybe why this was drudged up again in the Town & Country interview was because she did talk about how kind it was that she was invited to Harry and Meghan's wedding, which again, it, it reminds me of like, oh, well, Harry and Meghan were the nice ones to invite. Fergie, but William and Kate didn't. But again, to your point, she did something so egregious only a year before. Time had passed. I think wounds were healed by 2018. 
Also, Uh, allegedly, Prince Philip really disliked her. Really? Until the day he died. So I think it could have also had something to do with the fact that he was a bit older by the time Meghan and Harry got married. So he couldn't really wield that same influence of being like, no, she's not coming. This is all speculation that I've read. Okay. But that sounds right. Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah. I think... um... I think it's interesting that she she said that she was nervous showing up to Harry and Meghan's wedding, which, of course, why wouldn't she be? Because it's sort of like coming back to the in-laws. But she said she was received well from the crowd and receiving a lot of applause and people were actually yelling her name, which kind of goes back to what you were saying about like fame being addicting. I think she wanted that sort of pat on the back from the public. Yeah. And I don't blame her. I mean, we all want that pat on the back. Right. Uh, I don't know if I would have gone to the wedding, but it's it's interesting how close she is with Harry and Meghan and how close all of the Yorks are or seem to be with Harry and Meghan. Because I want to know when are Harry and Meghan going to deal with the Andrew question? They have never talked about the allegations against Prince Andrew, who obviously is Fergie's ex-husband, who she still lives with and co-parents with. This is something I really want to see how they navigate, especially with Harry's upcoming memoir. That is going to be interesting. Is he just going to ignore it? Is he going to talk about it? Because it seems like those two families are very, very close compared especially to everyone else now. Yeah, I would tend to agree. And I do think it's interesting because we have sort of been beating around the bush about the subject for many episodes on Royally Us, but somehow he has gotten away with it not being the focus. I think he's probably counting his lucky stars that people are obsessed with uh, William, Kate, Harry and Meghan so-called rift because there's other things to focus on when there's a real story that no one is addressing. Right. When are we going to do something about that? It's crazy. No, and I don't think I didn't read it in full yet. The town and country article, but I don't think it was mentioned. I haven't seen yeah, anywhere I, that it was mentioned. I think if it was mentioned, it would have been front page news everywhere. Everywhere. And, and it's the kind of thing where, you know, when you're interviewing a famous person, they do tell you things that are off limits beforehand, especially if it's a cover story. And you can either play ball with that or not, but I think that's probably what happened with this interview. They probably said no mention of this, uh, you know, but we got some nice equestrian chic outfit photos. So we definitely did. Did you like silver that? lining? <laughs> yeah, I actually, I have, I'm just gonna do a quick shameless plug. Speaking of equestrians, uh, I have a song that I just released. It's called Horse Girl. And it I think the the viewers might like it because it's very equestrian and it mentions Princess Anne. So I think oh everyone check that out. But it reminded me of that. that. I love that. I can't wait to listen. If everyone looks on my Instagram and Twitter, you'll see it. Okay, perfect. I can't wait. I, going back to what you said though about her saying certain things are off limits, you're totally right. Like that—that that is what happened. So apparently they obeyed what she said. Let's assume that she, you know, got what she wanted there. But I do yeah. want to figure out like when we're really gonna address that story, you know? Right, like, are we just gonna let it go away? Are we just going to 
you know, pretend it never happened. How is it possible that it's in, that we can't hold this person accountable when we kind of know what the deal is? It's right. very confusing. I think whenever um, Charles takes the throne, we will see some closure around this. If even if it's just never really seeing Andrew again, but right, I think you could be right. You're going to murder him, but. <laughs> No, right. But I think, I, I think you're onto something because I do think when the queen passes, then they may um, act more quickly, swiftly to like figure out how to do something. Again, they're not going to get rid of him, but like there's something that will happen. And I think maybe plans are already in the works as to how to deal with it in the future. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, we'll see them navigate it. I think, you know, so far the do nothing approach has not been great and it has not served them well. And it's interesting to see that they're still going for the do nothing approach. Definitely. Well, let's move on to a happy story because I'm not sure if you saw, but lady Kitty Spencer was married recently and she is princess Diana's niece. A she's stunning and B all the dresses. This was a really fun story to follow. And the pictures were Absolutely gorgeous. It was incredible. I had no idea that this was coming up. You know, I knew about hey. her. Yeah, I knew about her relationship with him. I know about her and her sisters. I love looking at their Instagrams and just seeing their super glam lifestyle. These dresses, oh my God. The, they were all Dolce & Gabbana. The main one had the really high neck and the shoulders and the bodice with like the, the boning that you could see. Oh my God, I thought that was so incredible, especially after a year when we've all been looking at sweatpants. I was like, yes, this is what the people need. <laughs> 100%. What I was thinking about this story is like, should we be following Princess Diana's family? Because this could be like a whole sub category of the royal family that would be really interesting to follow because I'll be honest, I wasn't really aware of her until this story. I think her name kind of sounds familiar, but until she got married and the pictures were released, I was like, wait a second, this could be a fun, I'm not sure if she wants the attention, but it seems like Princess Diana's Spencer lineage would be fun to follow. And we actually talk about it with Nick Bowen coming up because he's doing a whole documentary on Diana and the Spencers. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I really do think they are interesting, but it's it's very tough to see what their goal is in terms of their public profile, because they are aristocratic and, you know, the age old aristocratic rule is you're only in the press when you're born, when you get married and when you die, like you're supposed to try to be very private. That's how it always has been for the upper classes in the UK. But, you know, she's a Dolce & Gabbana spokesmodel. She sits front row at all of their shows. She does a lot of collaboration with them. The other two girls are, you know, pretty much the same way. They're always doing a lot of different like fashion work. So they're sort of teetering on this line of like influencer and aristocrat, which right, is- that's what, Right, I was just gonna say, I think you're totally right about the aristocrat thing, but she's at this point with the whole Dolce and Gabbana thing and all of these dresses and these photos being released. I think you're right too about the influencer. It's like, she might have a career that is blossoming in a way that we don't expect. Right, I think, well, I think we're all lucky that D&G did all of the dresses because I think otherwise we would not be seeing 
these incredible photos of them. I think if it, because, you know, the fact that they've been giving interviews about it and talking about it means that it was sort of a business deal. So, you know, true. (laughs) And which is interesting to me because her husband is a billionaire. So I'm like, they could have bought their own dresses and not had the press intrusion. So that's where I'm like, this is interesting. Like this is the push and pull of the way that the young Spencer nieces are sort of living their lives, you know? It kind of goes back to the through line, I guess, of this episode is this like addiction to fame. She's gorgeous. She sees other family members getting tons of attention. Maybe she's like, what about me? <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, she's never doing, She's she is taking a very old school approach because she and her sisters are not doing the like makeup tutorials. They're not like, oh, look right. at what I eat in a day. They're yeah, never no. going to do that. They're keeping it very classy for lack of a better word. They're keeping it very old school sort of, you know, yeah. like I feel like she is sort of, you know, spiritually descended from Grace Kelly, you know, in that way where it's just like, yeah, she's like, I am modern day princess. I'm not going to really talk ever, (laughs) but I'm going to have amazing outfits and we can talk about that. And I feel like that's a good way to go. Do it old school, sit front row at the fashion shows, do Vogue covers, do maybe a couple of runways, but, and then other than that, like go back and live your fabulous life. Right, I mean, teetering on the line of aristocrat and influencer, that's a good line to be teetering. I'm, you know, well done Lady Kitty Spencer. Definitely. I also love that name, Lady Kitty Spencer. It's fantastic. Right. did you notice this that her- is actually the perfect transition because I got to speak with Nick Bolin a little bit ago and he chatted with me about two new uh, exclusive documentaries coming out. Actually, we talked about four, but this week we're going to give you a sneak peek into two of them. And one of which is how Diana's lineage is just as royal. The Spencers come from a very long line of royal lineage and he talked to me all about it. So let's take a look. Today's episode is brought to you by Birthday Co. Birthday Co. creates unforgettable personalized candles based on your birthday that make the perfect gift to give yourself or a loved one. You guys, these candles are all natural blends of soy and coconut wax, and they burn on average for over 60 hours. And the best part is they're based on your birthday. So they include your astrological sign and even some of your natural traits. I really, really like the design of these candles, and they really make the perfect gift. And each candle has a custom natural fragrance developed by master perfumers. So see why over 8,000 people have given birthday candles a five-star review. And the best part is our listeners are getting a special discount. Take 15% off your order of $50 or more by going to birthday.co slash royallyus. Go ahead and treat yourself or a friend. I promise you, you won't regret it. Take 15% off your order of $50 or more by going to birthday.co slash royally us well nick thank you so much for joining us we love chatting with royal experts every week and you seem to be one of the prime royal experts because you are involved with true royalty tv for those out there that don't know what that is uh tell everyone what true royal tv is all about true royalty tv is um essentially what it's been called the netflix for royal programs so if you're into royalty doesn't matter whether it's Russian czars, Chinese emperors, Harry and Meghan, the Tudors, 
you know, royalty across the ages and across the world. We've got hundreds of hours um, about all of those people and all of those times. So you can dive in and you can binge on all things royal on True Royalty TV. I love that. That is incredible. You actually have four new exclusive documentaries coming out in the month of August. And August is right around the corner. I can't believe how quickly summer is going. But we will be glued to our TVs to watch all of these, one of which is called Diana, Who Do You Think She Was? What, what exactly are you exploring in this? Are we going to learn new things about Princess Diana that we've never known before? Yeah, so the, this documentary, Diana, Who Do You Think She Was, is um, a really, really interesting take on Diana's life. And of course, at the end of the month, it's the anniversary of her death. Now, who can believe it? Uh, it's going to be 24 years this year, I, um, I think. Um, but I don't know whether you have a show in the States called Who Do You Think You Are? Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So Who Do You Think You Are does incredibly well over here. And um, the um, Who Do You Think She Was sort of steals a little bit of the clothes of that, uh, of that documentary idea. And we go back into Diana's life. And we look at the story of where she came from. Because the Spencers, um, her family, Lady Diana Spencer, she was, are one of the oldest families in Britain. In many ways, much more British than the British royal family. Um, and it goes back into her life and to look at the dynasty of the amazing sort of Spencer women that came before her and also um, sort of a lot of the sort of the, the men that were ahead of her. But the Spencer women are particularly fascinating. So we have, um, uh, we've gone way, way back with this documentary. Uh, and um, do you remember a... Uh, movie last year that won an Oscar called The Favourite, which was a... Um, yeah, yeah, so Olivia Colman's lover, from Queen Anne's lover in that, was a Spencer woman. Um, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So way back there. Do you remember um, a movie um, called The Duchess, which was... Okay. Uh, okay, she was a Spencer woman. Um, so all of these great women dotted through history were Spencer women. And Diana is the, the, a long line of amazing Spencer women. And so that's what this documentary does. It takes you back into the world of incredible Spencers. The, I love those. You learn something new every day. This is my favorite fun fact. I'm going to tell all my friends. So I, I read in the description for this that it was like, is Diana more royal than the royals? I interpreted that as like all of the good deeds that she did as sort of the philanthropist and all, you know, the wonderful things she did for the AIDS epidemic and children around the world. But I guess we we're talking more about the lineage, right? Like you said, the dynasty. Yeah, completely. We're getting right back in history to look at where Diana came from, the family she came from, you know, and it's, the, the stories are fantastic in that um, her family started off as sheep farmers. They were sort of sheep farmers in a rural part of Britain and they became incredibly rich sheep farmers. And that's when they moved to Althorpe House, which is where she's buried now. And, um, and it's a story from then. It's a story through this great um, lineage of women. Even you know, her grandmother was um, one of the um, ladies-in-waiting to the Queen Mother. And so she, um, you know, the, it was her grandmother and the Queen Mother, Lady Ruth Fomoy, and the Queen Mother, who put together the marriage of Charles and Diana. So it's a, um, yeah, it's a great romp through the history of the Spencer family. Wow, that, I cannot wait to watch this. Obviously, you just mentioned, I, I think um, we've sort of discovered over the years that the royal family, they, they were probably pleased that Diana came from this lineage, yes? That she wasn't just a commoner. 
Yeah, I think very much so. Look, the Spencers and the Windsors knew each other very well. Diana was born um, right next door, in fact, on the Queen's estate in Norfolk. So that estate where Harry and William and the Queen and Prince Charles had that final showdown before Harry left for, the, for America was a place called Sandringham, and that's where Diana was born. So they knew each other incredibly well. The family's been interconnected for a long time. So yeah, I think it was very much a sort of probably the last of the dynastic marriages. Wow, incredible. Another documentary you have coming out on August 15th is Anne the Princess Royal at 70. I'm fascinated by this because I'm a fan of the royal family in general, but I'm also a fan of The Crown on Netflix, which has been a huge international success. And as we've discovered, I feel like Anne has new sort of attention and a spotlight on her because of her portrayal in The Crown. Um, do you think she's aware of her newfound fame because of this? I'm sure Princess Anne is aware of her newfound fame from The Crown, but I don't think she'll care one bit about it. I mean, I've been lucky enough to film with her on quite a few occasions, and she is absolute dynamite. She is exactly what you see in The Crown in many ways, that sort of stuff and nonsense, takes no prisoners, you know, suffers no falls. It's exactly how she is. Um, she's incredibly hardworking, and... Um, she is, uh, you know, I think the, the archetypal royal. Um, and what you find in this documentary, sort of Anne at 70, is we go back and we tell her story and we find out all about her. Um, and there's amazing things like, you know, there was an attempt on her life. She was kidnapped driving back to Buckingham Palace. They, they, someone stopped a car and tried to break into the car, shot her driver, shot her bodyguard. I mean, fortunately, didn't kill anyone. But then when the attacker tried to pull Anne out of the car, you know, where it took him moments away from Buckingham Palace. Um, he grabbed hold of her, pointed a gun at her, and said, get out of the car. And she replied, not bloody likely, and uh, fought him off. And so this is just this great, we, get, we learn these incredible facts about a woman who isn't very well known around the world, but is the epitome of a British princess. I love that story. Well, you just said she's... Uh keeps a low profile, you know, she's not that well known around the world. How do you think she's been able to do that for so long? I mean, she's been in the royal family, you know, 70 years. She, she the Princess Anne is um, uh, incredibly low profile and it's what she wants. You know, she didn't give her children titles, even though they could have them. And um, she has never, ever courted the press. And I think it is this interesting thing that, you know, you can look at with different members of the British royal family. Certain members have undoubtedly courted the press. And, you know, if you live by the sword, you sometimes die by the sword. And Anne's view is, uh, I'm nothing special. I am just doing a job. And she's very much her father's daughter, which is she sort of can't quite understand why anybody would be interested in her. So um, she, um, she just gets on with the job and isn't bothered about whether she's on the front pages or not. She's not chasing fashion. You know, she's wearing clothes that she wore... 30 years ago, uh, and I, I was interviewing her for a TV program a few years ago, um, and she talked about how the family developed, and she had a great line, which is the British royal family liked evolution, not revolution. And I thought that was quite a clever line as well. So, Very and clever. it's my evolution, not revolution. Well, that's what I feel like fans of The Crown are discovering, as you just said, you know, with that great line and how she responded to almost being kidnapped, you know, like, there's a tenacity and a sort of just 
wonderful personality below that low profile that I think people are really sort of discovering and loving. Do you think that the other members of the royal family have a good relationship with her? Oh, very much so. The, 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 you know, she's incredibly close to the Queen. Obviously, she's the Queen's only daughter. Uh, and I think since the Duke of Edinburgh's died, she and the Queen have spent a lot more time together. But, you know, she, um, uh, she, I suppose you can see that the royal family had two sets of children, or the Queen had two sets of children. Yeah, Anne and Charles were very close in age, and then Andrew and Edward came later. So there's a sort of difference in age between them, but I think she is very much at the heart of that family. And I think what's really interesting in the documentary is the princesses that are perhaps best known in America, whether it be Diana or Kate or Meghan, or even Fergie, if you remember, sort of the Duchess of York, they're all women who married in, uh, and they weren't blood princesses. Right. Anne is a true blood princess. Um, and a bit like Princess Margaret, who also did you know, very well in The Crown and became very popular yes. in The Crown. You know, what you learn in this documentary is what it is to be born a princess. And there aren't many of those around. So uh, she's a fascinating character to delve into. Yeah, definitely. That's such an interesting point. You know, obviously the women that married into the family have been given way more of a spotlight, like the four that you mentioned. And the, the real royal princess, Anne, has somehow achieved a low profile over the last 70 years. And as you said, too, that's how she wants it. So good on her. I'm curious, because you have interviewed her often, what do you think she thinks of the uh, Harry and Meghan departure? <laughs> no, so I don't know because clearly she's never told me but um, I would hazard a guess that she's um, pretty shocked at the whole situation you know right. Princess Anne back to being a born blood princess is all about duty to the crown and you know you watch the crown and you see how important duty to the crown is to that family um, and I think Anne's view would be we're nothing special we're just here doing a job. We are public servants and you've just got to get on and do support the queen and support the monarch. And I think she probably was aghast at the um, departure because it sort of, um, it goes against everything that they're brought up to do, which is to serve the crown. Right. It, that sounds like she might be more of a Prince William person. Not that she has to pick a side, but Prince William is very much more about the duty and what is expected of being a royal. Did, do you know if she has a very close relationship with her nephews or it's a little bit more? Um, I think as a family, they don't come into contact with, with each other a lot. You know, they're super busy. Anne is the busiest of all the members of the royal family and is working, you know, pretty well every day. So I think like lots of us, they get together at Christmas, they get together at Easter. Uh, there are moments when they come together so um, I'm sure they're not phoning and texting each other every day. But, okay. um, but I think, you know, the whole family really respects the way Princess Anne operates. And um, like you say, I don't think she'd ever pick sides. Um, but I think what she is totally clear about is you as a prince or princess have one job, and that's to support the monarch. Um, so that probably in many ways tells you where her loyalties lie. And, you know, as you say, William is following the route of the crown. Anne is following the route of the crown. Harry, Harry and Meghan have chosen a celebrity life in California. When he initially told me about this documentary, Molly, I thought 
he was telling me it was like, is Diana just as royal as the others? And I thought he was talking about like her being like the uh, philanthropist and so charitable and like Mother Earth. But he was really talking about the uh, the royal lineage in her her family, um, which I sort of knew about, but there were some really interesting things that I never knew. Yeah, like they go back further than the Windsors. They're yeah. actually more English than the Windsors. And I think that was why Earl Spencer, her brother, felt so comfortable sort of giving that eulogy that was so famous at her funeral where he sort of called out the royal family and it was super controversial. And I was thinking it's kind of like when Dakota Johnson went on Ellen and was <laughs> like... <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm obsessed with this. Okay, go ahead. You know what I mean? Because Ellen is like the Hollywood power broker. And Dakota Johnson is an actress. Yes, she's done some big movies, but she's not as powerful as Ellen. But she's got Melanie Griffith and Tippi Hedren. She's got this lineage. So she's like, guess what, Ellen? I did invite you to my birthday and you didn't come. So I feel like it's an interesting parallel. Because it's sort of like, not even sort of, it is that confidence of like coming from this power structure that's like, well, since I come from this lineage, I feel confident enough to say this to one of the most powerful people in Hollywood. Right. And Earl Spencer is like, you can't take my estate away. You can't really take my title away. Like, also, it's the 20th century. It, I don't really need the title anyway. So I'm going right. to say what I want to say. So, yeah, I... I think that's really interesting about yeah, him. I can't wait for these documentaries. Like I said, we talked about uh, four. So we'll have you guys see the chat uh, two this week. And then two next week, he's got uh, two more coming out next uh, next month. So all of these are going to be really great on True Royalty TV. I, I can't wait. I love yeah. a royal documentary. Oh, me too. There was one in the UK on this week about Balmoral and... Oh my God. I watched the whole thing. It was just What's so that cool. on? Um it was it was channel five. I don't know what the BB I was gonna BB, say, what's that? <laughs> it's literally just called Channel Five. They have way less channels here and they all have really simple names. It's like BBC One, BBC Two, ITV, ITV Two, Channel Four, Channel Five. Okay. And like Dave. There's one called Dave, and like that's it. <laughs> oh. I knew about BBC, obviously, and ITV, but I didn't know about, like, just Channel 5. That's so old school and regal. I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I'm sure I can find it somewhere. But these documentaries that he was talking about for True Royalty TV, I, I'm, I'm just so excited because, again, I, I knew she came from this royal lineage, but there's so many fun stories in there that I think people are going to be really, really into it. Yeah, sounds awesome. Well, thank you, Molly, for another fun episode of Royally Us. I feel like this week we've decided that everyone loves a little bit of fame. <laughs> Absolutely, myself included. Right. You know, follow me on Instagram. Okay. I had to plug my own thing in the middle of this episode. Yes, we're I all love it. we're all just fame monsters of here. Of course, at everyone Royally has Us. one of these and an Instagram. We're all just trying to hustle. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So there's no no offense to me gain. Yeah, right. Like, please, let her live. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you, Molly. And guys, make sure to subscribe to check out Royally Us every Wednesday right here.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.